I'm Jamelyn Steffen, and this is Want to Want It, episode number 90, Decision Debt and Fatigue. Welcome to Want to Want It, a podcast for women of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints who are ready to ignite not only their sexual desire, but all of their desires to create a more fulfilling life and marriage. I'm Jamelyn Steffen. I'm a certified life coach, a wife, and a mother of seven children. I'm excited to share my personal journey to desire with you and teach you how to desire more as well. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the podcast today. I'm glad to have you here. Today, I want to talk about decision debt and decision fatigue, which are two different things, but I think they play into each other. So to start, I'm going to talk about the idea of decision debt. So Brooke Castillo gave me this idea. She was studying about decision making, and she was also studying about money and debt and kind of came up with the idea of decision debt. Okay, so the reason she calls it decision debt is because it takes energy. So when you think about debt, debt is something that is owed, right? But I also like to think of it as the idea that when we are in debt, we're in the hole. Now, for those of us who are in financial debt for our home or our vehicle or for our education, we can feel that we have good debt, right? It's debt that is giving us something in return and allows us to have it while we pay back the money. But as we all know, there is debt that isn't like that. There are times when perhaps we go into debt for something, but in the end, we really have nothing to show for it. And so it's debt that actually takes from our life instead of improving our life. So the idea behind decision debt is that it takes energy from us but gives us nothing in return because it produces no results. So you expend energy, but have nothing to show for it. You only have a debt of energy. So let me explain. Every decision made, yes or no, moves you forward. So if you make the decision to buy a home, you are now on the path to home ownership. You are now meeting with real estate agents and renting moving vans and signing legal papers You are going to be shoveling the walks and paying property taxes and choosing paint colors. If you make the decision to not buy a home right now, but you're going to rent something, then you're now moving down the path of being a renter. So you're going to make monthly payments to a landlord. You're going to call him when things break down in the house, and you're going to just live with the wall color. One way that we end up in decision debt is when we don't make a decision at all. Okay, so it's, I'm not sure what I want to do. I have to think about it. Like, I don't know. I feel kind of confused about what to do. And then we have these decisions nagging at us and sucking our energy from us because we just won't decide. We end up in energy debt from not deciding. So here's kind of a real life example of how this has worked in my life. So for so long, I felt like all I ever said was no, because pretty much anytime my kids asked if we could do something, it felt like that was going to be work for me. And I would say no. And anytime my husband would make a suggestion that felt like it was going to require effort from me, I said no. And it was getting so that I kind of hated myself because I always was saying no. So what I decided was I'm not going to say no right away. I'm just going to ask for some time to think about it so that I could process and really make a decision. Do I want to say yes or no? And I think it actually has been super good for me because I have said yes to more things than I used to. But my kids are not good at really giving me space to think something through. They get nagging at me if I haven't made a decision as quickly as they would like. It kind of makes me crazy. So just recently, my youngest son wanted to go to the library on Saturday. And so he asked me Friday night, like, could we go to the library? 
So I wanted to take him, but I didn't know what our day was going to be like. So I just kind of said to him, listen, I have to talk to your dad. I've got to look at the calendar once we get home. So it's out of my mind right away, right? I've, I've said to him, like, this is what I need to do to make that decision. But then it's right out of my mind. So we get home and he's asking me again if we can go to the library tomorrow. So I look at my phone and I can see like we have a few commitments. So I say to him, I just need to talk to dad and then we can work it out. And then he's asking again and again. And I just keep having to say, we'll see, we'll see. And it's all I can say because I can't decide when or how I'm going to get him there. So I keep pushing him off, hoping he'll kind of forget about it. But of course, the first thing he asked me on Saturday morning is, can we go to the library today? And all morning, he keeps checking in with me to see if I've made a decision. And I feel like I'm about to go crazy. So I finally decide that, yes, we're going to go. We have 10 minutes to stop by. That's it. But we're going to do it. And he's so thrilled. But I feel totally drained because I kept putting off the decision. And the whole time I'm getting nagged for like 20 hours about this decision. So we can feel like we're in a mental debt when we avoid making a decision because of the mental energy we end up expending not making a decision. Okay, so it's expending energy, avoiding making the decision or reconsidering a decision, but you have no forward momentum. Whereas if you make a decision, that energy gets used to make all the next decisions that actually propel you down the path and they stop nagging at you. Honest to goodness, if I just had said to my son, yes, I will find a way to get you there. I could have used all my mental energy just trying to make it happen for him instead of, are we even going to be able to do it? Do I even want to do it? Should I do it? It was such a drain. I have been saving money to repaint our house for the last year. So our house is about 15 years old and the original owners had this small, gentle little family, but we've now lived in this house for 10 years with our seven awesome but super active kids and it probably needs a good touch up. So I've been putting the money aside and here is why. Because my husband and I aren't actually really the type of people to make decisions about painting walls. And I didn't even want to make the decision about painting at all. So I decided that instead of saying, listen, we're going to paint the walls right away, it was a safe first step to just save the money. It felt like I was making a small decision that was going to get me closer to making the big decision. So I finally had all the money saved. And then I didn't want to make the next decision. I didn't want to make the decision to paint the house. Because now I was going to have to actually make some phone calls and meet with some people. And worst of all, pick a color. It felt so overwhelming. But I had all the money saved. So by making that little decision to save the money, it's helped me make the next decision and the next decision after that. And it's been stupidly uncomfortable for me, but I made the decision to save the money and it's sitting there waiting. So even though it's uncomfortable, I have no excuse to not make the next decision. So truly, just making one small decision that gets you moving in a direction greatly impacts your ability to make future decisions because it gives you forward motion. It gives you momentum. It produces an actual result. Whereas not making a decision produces no result for you. I meet people all the time, and I am as guilty as them at this, who will say, you know, we really want to go on a vacation, but we kind of just can't decide where. So, and then they never go. Or people who say, I'm not sure if I'm going to go back to school or like, maybe I'll quit my job. I don't know. I don't know if I want to move or not. Or I'm not sure which weight loss plan I want to use. I, I just don't know. Now, it's not because you can't actually take a moment to make an educated decision about a weight loss plan. But so often we're using indecision as an excuse to not take action, which it really is. It really is the reason we don't act. But it's a terrible reason not to act. It is a mental energy suck. 
An unmade decision requires our brain to go back to it over and over and over again. And it just takes and takes from us, just like a little boy who's nagging you to go to the library. So just even going back to the decision to paint the house, it is taking energy from me. It is making me uncomfortable, but it is energy and discomfort that is actually going to result in something. Whereas all the years I kept thinking about it, you know, like, should we paint? The walls are looking super rough, but I don't know. I don't even know what paint color we choose. And I don't even know. What do you do? How do you get someone to paint your house? All the years spent in that discomfort gave me nothing but something to fill my brain with and no action and no new result. So why do we leave decisions unmade? Now, I did a podcast a while back about indecision, and one of the reasons we don't want to make decisions is because we believe that there is a quote-unquote right or wrong answer. And another reason that we don't make decisions is because we believe it's going to be hard in some way or uncomfortable or take too much energy from us to do the thing that we decide to do. So if you combine both of those, the fear of making the quote-unquote wrong decision and the fear that it will require too much energy, you can see why it feels really safe to stay undecided. Because I don't want to expend a lot of energy on the wrong decision. But as I've said before, you have to stop telling yourself that there is a right or wrong decision. There are so few decisions that you are going to make in your life where there is genuinely a wrong decision to make. So if it's honestly going to be discomfort either way, pick the discomfort that will actually get you moving and push you toward more of what you really want. I have coached a few young adults who are trying to decide if they should keep dating the person that they're currently seeing, or if they should get back together with someone that they've broken up with previously, and they just have all the reasons in the world to make either decision, and so they make no decision. And not shockingly, they feel totally stuck and frustrated with their life, and nothing changes. But I have seen more than once when they require themselves to make a decision either way and to go all in on their decision. Very soon after, things become super clear. And I've had some of my young adults end up marrying the person they go all in on, and I've had others break up pretty quick and meet someone new and marry them instead. So even though the outcomes weren't the same for all of them, by making a decision either way and going all in on it, not being wishy-washy anymore, they were able to see clearly and able to make the next decision with more ease. Decision-making brings clarity. Not making a decision just feeds confusion. Making a decision takes your energy and uses it to propel you forward. Not making a decision just sucks energy that produces nothing but a debt of energy. Brooke Castillo actually says that if you find yourself saying, well, I don't know what I want, she says that the reason you don't know what you want is because you haven't made enough decisions. Meaning we get all tied up and I am so guilty of this. And I know you people pleasers and perfectionists and you women with mom guilt, you know what I mean. Like you people who put yourselves on the back burner of your own life, you are going to get what I'm saying. But we get all tied up in how do I make a decision if I don't even know what I want? But Brooke says, and I think she is so right. And I think my young adult clients prove that she is right, that you have to make a decision to find out what you want. Okay, so in making the decision, you get the clarity. In not making the decision because you're worried that you don't even know what you want, you're still never going to know. It never gives you clarity. And this actually takes me back to my young adult days. When I graduated high school, my aunt said to my cousin and I, listen, like you guys should go and take the pharmacy technician program. It's in this little city that's just north of us. You should go there and take that program. 
But I had all these like big dreams of getting a real degree at a real university. So my cousin and I marched off to this big university to do school. But halfway through the semester, I suddenly knew I wasn't where I really wanted to be, doing what I really wanted to be doing. And one day I was just dragging my backpack down the hallway of my apartment building because I was so discouraged and defeated. And a thought, just like honestly, like a lightning bolt went through me. And I knew that I wanted to go to school to become a pharmacy technician. And I knew it without a doubt. And even though it cost me money and time, I knew in my heart that I would not have been able to really know what I wanted if I hadn't made the decision to go to school for something else first. So I think Brooke is right on the money when she says, you need to just make a decision if you want to find out what you really want. If it's not clear, make a decision one way or another. It will help clear it all up. And I have no regret about going to a semester of school because it blessed my life so much because it gave me clarity. It showed me what I really wanted and it did it so perfectly. It was worth the time and the money to be clear. And it also helps that I met my husband that next year when I was doing that program and he would have been gone on his mission and not there for me to meet if I'd gone right out of high school. So, so many blessings from just making a decision, going all in, and discovering what I really wanted instead. Another way we put ourselves into decision debt is by making a decision and then changing our mind and then making a new decision and then changing our mind again. And I'm not talking about the story I just told about school. I'm not talking about knowing you need to redirect because things are actually clearer now. I'm talking about making a decision because you think you have to, but still feeling so much uncertainty and letting that uncertainty stop you and start you and stop you and redirect you and start you and stop you again. You'll know you're doing this when you're making decisions to avoid risk or discomfort. Because as soon as something feels risky or uncomfortable, you're going to change your decision. So when I went through my coach training, part of what we were required to do was to pick a niche, which means you're picking a group of people with a certain problem that you want to help with. And so as part of our business training, we had to pick our niche. And Brooke Castillo, who was the one who trained me, um, I don't want to say that she required this of us because there were really no repercussions if we did anything different, but she strongly suggested that once we had picked our niche, that we would go all in on it for one year. And the reason she suggested this was so that we wouldn't waste time and energy starting and stopping because we kept changing our niche. Now, she had seen this a lot before, right? So she would have a student who was like, I really want to coach overwhelmed moms. But as soon as it was hard to find an overwhelmed mom who wanted to pay her, she would decide, you know what, you know what, I want I actually want to coach on weight loss because everyone's trying to lose weight. So that's going to be a way easier niche, right? So she'd start focusing all of her marketing and all of her stuff on helping people lose weight. But then as soon as she realized, oh, there's just so many weight loss coaches, it just feels too competitive. Forget it. You know what, I need to do something different. So once the year was up, this coach would have spent so much time remaking decisions and starting and stopping that she was in debt now. She'd spent her energy on things that produced nothing. So constantly quitting when things get hard and making a new decision or constantly questioning yourself like, is this the right decision? I just don't know because I feel uncomfortable. It takes valuable energy you could be using to propel yourself forward and wasting it on starting and stopping over and over again. Another way we get into decision debt is by waiting for someone else to make the decision for us. And I am so guilty of this. My husband is actually a really confident decision maker most of the time. And so I often just wait for him to make a decision and go along with it. 
So it super throws me off when he does this to me, where he actually requires me to make the decision. It's rare. It happens sometimes, but it's so uncomfortable for me. The reason waiting for someone else to make a decision for us is a mental energy suck is because we can't move forward while we wait for someone else to make the decision for us. And we often are a little bit worried about the decision they're going to make. What if I actually don't like the decision they make? So, you know, should we buy that car? I feel too intimidated to make that decision. So I kind of hope my husband's just going to decide. And then if anything goes wrong, it's on him, not on me. But I worry that he won't buy the car that I think I want. And I really do love the car, but I'm not confident enough to just decide. And so can you see how it becomes an energy suck? Instead, we could at least say, listen, husband, I feel super afraid to make this decision. And I actually want to put it all on you so that I don't have to feel bad that I'm making the wrong decision. But I actually really like this car. And even though it's uncomfortable for me to say it, I want to discuss this with you. And I want to make a decision together that we both feel good about. So you can see how often we get caught up in there's kind of this right or wrong decision to be made. And so we want someone else to make it. But it isn't necessarily less uncomfortable in the end, and it certainly doesn't force us to own what we really desire, and it keeps us playing small. Okay? This podcast is about desire. At least I try sometimes to talk about desire, right? When we wait for other people to make decisions for us, we are ignoring our desires. It's not fair to us. Now, before we finish here, I want to talk about decision fatigue which is different from decision debt, but is part of the reason I think we find ourselves in decision debt, why we find ourselves making no decision at all. So everybody has to make so many decisions every day. Like if you have a job, children, a home, all of these things require decisions. And I want you to know, I'm totally over making the decision about what we're having for dinner. I've been over it for years, but every day I'm still making the decision and just hating it. Because every day, I am required to make so many decisions, like you. We are required to make so many decisions, we can actually get ourselves into decision fatigue. We are just too tired from making so many decisions. And because we're too tired, we stop making decisions at all, and we get into decision debt. Now, I know this is part of the reason I just need my kids to go to bed at night, because they're always asking me to make decisions. And by the time it's bedtime, I am cooked. My husband, bless his heart, he just finished being the chief of anesthesia at his hospital and all day long he had to deal with complaints and decisions. And by the time he came home, that poor man hardly had any capacity to make one more decision or to deal with one more complaint. He was completely suffering from decision fatigue. When you have long-term company in your home, you have to decide on every meal, on every activity, where everyone's going to sleep and you get yourself into decision fatigue. Decision fatigue is the reason so many people struggle organizing and dejunking a space bigger than a sock drawer. There has to be a decision made about every item you touch. It can feel exhausting. I mean, it can also feel super exhilarating, but most people feel some measure of fatigue after a day of making decisions about what is staying and what is going. This is a real thing, and I think it's just really good to be able to recognize it. Now, Nothing is necessarily going wrong if you have some times when you are in decision fatigue because some days or some projects just take us there and that is okay. They just require a lot of decisions and it's okay to feel tired. So if you are someone who gets into decision fatigue, I think one of the best ways to keep you out of it is to make as many decisions as possible ahead of time. That's what menu planning is, right? Or making a grocery list 
or having a chore chart in your house, or even asking your kids to fill out a Christmas wish list. These are ways that decisions are made once and only revisited every once in a while. When I homeschooled my kids, we had a routine that I had decided on and we tried to keep. So we'd get up in the morning around 7.30, eat breakfast, make our beds, you know, tidy the bedrooms, get ready for the day. And at nine o'clock, we all met in the living room to read scriptures together and say family prayer. And between 9.30 and 10, it was learning time. That's when our learning time started. And then we would have a lunch break. And then in the afternoon, it was learning time again, or we would go on a field trip for learning time or whatever we did. Now, we didn't keep the schedule perfectly 100% of the time. But what it did for me was keep me from having to redecide every day how we were going to start the morning, what was the next thing we were going to do. So I suggest that you make your daily life as easy as possible by making as many decisions ahead of time as possible. They can be renegotiated as times change, right? But making decisions once will keep you out of decision debt. They will keep you from having to make so many decisions that in the end you have no more brain power to make any more decisions. Every Sunday night, I take an hour and I schedule my week. Now, I've taught this process before. This hour of kind of intense decision making decreases the amount of decisions I have to make as the week goes on. And it keeps me out of decision debt as well because everything on my to-do list has a place. So I don't have to worry about when I'm going to get to something. It's not nagging at me. The decision's made. The time is set aside. And if I just follow my schedule, it will get done. I feel like the Sabbath day is meant to be like this. It's a day of rest. It's a day where we do things differently than other days. And when you make decisions about what you want your Sabbath to look like and feel like and the activities you want to include in it, it makes life so easy on those days. So at our house, we go to church on Sunday. And even though sometimes I have a day where I think, I don't even know if I want to get out of bed, the decision is already made. I made it years ago. I go to church on Sunday. I don't need to renegotiate that every Sunday. What a blessing not to have to be like, am I going to church today? Well, like, what do I think? How do I feel about that? And so many other things. We choose not to shop on Sunday. So if I don't have the ingredients I need for a certain dish, the decision's made and I make something else. I don't have to kind of hum and haw like whether or not I should go to the store or be like, oh, I, I got to go to the store, but I really don't want to go. And what, are we, what am I going to do? All of that is totally eliminated, right? Because the decision's already made. And just talking about this, I realized partly why Sunday can be a day of rest is because it's a day where all of the decisions can be made at once and then you never have to make them again and it keeps it super simple. So take other areas of your life and do this. Make a menu plan for two weeks or four weeks and start using it. Try it out for six months or a year. See what you think. Does it keep you out of some decision debt? Does it keep you out of decision fatigue? Make a lights out time in your house and stick to it. Of course, life's going to happen and you're going to go out on a late night with your family or whatever and come home after lights out time. But overall, what would it be like if everyone knew that at 9.30, they had to be in their beds because the house was shutting down, the lights were going out? What would change for you? For me, really, when I think about what an amazing thing that would be, because I do things like, I'll just quickly fold this load of laundry, or I'll just quickly do these dishes, or maybe I'll just run and do this quickly right now. I do that to myself all the time, and it just keeps me moving and staying up late and making more decisions instead of, oh, I actually can't. It's lights out time. Decision made. I'm so bad sometimes, but I see other times when we have been good about decisions ahead of time and it has paid off. We decided when our kids were very little that we wouldn't do sleepovers. We wouldn't be letting our kids go to their friends to have sleepovers there. 
So if their friends are having a birthday party and they want them to sleep over, we just let them stay late, but they're not allowed to stay over. And I have my reasons why I like this decision, but it's a decision we made once and we don't ever have to make it again. Now, our kids sometimes have pushed against it. And I've had times when I've been like, am I being too strict about this? But again, I go back to the reasons that I made the rule and I stick to it. And most of the time, our kids would come and ask if they could sleep over because their friends would say, just ask. But they knew what we were going to say. And other times they wouldn't ask because they knew what the answer was going to be. And overall, it has been so great. Now, I know some people think we're crazy, but we're happy with it. And I love that I don't have to always make this decision. So as much as possible, try to keep the amount of decisions you have to make way more reasonable by making more decisions ahead of time. I really hope this has been helpful for some of you today. I know my overthinkers, my perfectionists, my people pleasers, that you can use this. I want everybody to choose one decision. Give yourself a super hard deadline to make that decision by. Be sure you like your reasons for making the decision you're going to make and then just make it, commit to it, and stick to it. You're going to learn from it. It's great. What is it going to show you? What is it going to teach you? But you got to honor that decision and honor yourself by going all in on it. I don't want to tell you that you can't change your mind because of course you can. And it may be the thing you really need to do. But I want you to make the decision with the intention of not making that decision again. If you find out, like I did with my schooling, what you really want because the decision gave you clarity, great, make a new decision. But otherwise, hold yourself to your decision, even through the discomfort and the struggle. See where it leads. I hope you have such a fantastic day today. I hope you really enjoy it. See you next week. Bye. Thanks for listening today. If you like what you hear on the podcast and you'd like to learn more, feel free to head over to my website, jamelandstephancoaching.com, or find me on Instagram or Facebook at jamelandstephancoaching.com.